You are about to enter the Analysis Zone, where political correctness is non-existent, non-existent. where critical thinking skills are required, required, and conservative common sense reigns supreme. supreme. And now, broadcasting live from Next-Gen Conservative Central Command, it's the Whitfield Analysis. And your host is Sam Whitfield. Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Whitfield Analysis. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, broadcasting live from Next Gen Conservative Studios on the Junior Factor Nation radio network. And I want to thank you so much for joining me tonight. Uh, folks, to be quite honest, it, uh, it feels really weird uh, saying good evening to you guys, I, I know it's 6 p.m., and I, I know that technically we are in the evening, uh, but in case some of you can't notice, those of you who are watching the uh, webcam video, the, the YouTube uh, video podcast version of this, uh, right now, it is perfectly sunny out. And I, I still have the lights on here in the studio just uh, so that when it does get dark, and it will get dark here before the end of the, the program, I just have the studio lights on uh, so that, you know, I still have light when it gets dark. But uh, anyway, that's one thing with daylight savings. Uh, we still start the, we start the show uh, in broad daylight here, so... Um, anyway, that's funny enough. As I said, I'm Sam Whitfield, and I want to thank you all for joining me here tonight. The contact info, as usual, you can email me, sam at com. Just write me a quick little nice email with your comments about the show, anything. I love uh, getting fan mail, and I... Love getting hate mail, too, when I do get hate mail. Because it gives me debating material to debate, you liberals. Um, Also, you can follow me on Twitter, at SamW underscore NGC. Hashtag WA Radio Show, if you want your tweets read on the program. As always, we don't get very many tweets, but still, or at least not related to the show. Uh, but still, if you want your tweets read on the program, hashtag WA Radio Show is the hashtag to use. And then, as always, our voicemail line is 941-564-5805. Again, that number is 941-564-5805. And you can call and leave us a voicemail message there and about any topic uh, we talked on the show, and we will play it back on the next show. So if you leave me a a voicemail tonight, I will play the voicemail um, back on tomorrow's show. If you play, if you leave me a voicemail tomorrow evening, 
I'll play it back on the next Saturday show. Unless I'm filling in for someone, which I am filling in for Jason Veely this week. He is on his way to Myrtle Beach uh, for spring for spring break. Uh, which, which, by the way, uh, I live in Florida. Big spring spring break uh, season here. And spring break in Florida does not last just a week. Uh, it lasts it, it lasts just over a, a month here. Uh, you know, we, we pretty much got the whole entire uh, March set for spring break, and then even like a week into April or so, from what I've heard, uh, we get spring breakers. Again, I haven't, I haven't been here for a full year yet. Um, but that's just what I've heard. So, anyway, it'll, it'll be very interesting. Uh, and I, I've certainly seen some, uh, I've certainly seen some cute girls around the town here. Alright, folks, uh, so what do we have going on? Um, there are a couple of stories I want to cover. I know this, um... I know this story has kind of come and gone, more or less, but I think it could be be resurfaced. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, that New Jersey teenager that is suing her parents for, I guess, private school tuition money and then for college uh, tuition money as well. That story uh, kind of happened earlier this week, and it really... It, the lifespan on it wasn't that uh, wasn't really that big in terms of the major news outlets. However, I still think it's worth commenting on. There are a couple of things that I want to say about it that I don't think were really addressed last week or by any of the major news outlets. Um, and then I also want to talk about some stuff with uh, Hair Reed. I guess I guess the FBI is investigating him now or trying to. I got that tip from one of the listeners last night. Uh, and we've got a whole bunch more uh, things coming up in the show. But first, first, ladies and gentlemen, I want to read you a very bizarre story from Truth Reed. From Truth Revolt. And again, this is just, this is weird. Um, this is just weird. I've, I've heard of radical uh, groups freaking out. And in this case, it's the radical LGBT uh, groups. I've heard of people freaking out over certain things, but this is ridiculous. Um, headline from Truth Revolt. Sam Adams quits St. Patrick's Day parade over gay demands. We were hopeful that everyone, regardless of orientation, could participate in the parade. That's the subheadline. Mm-mm. And here's the story, ladies and gentlemen. Because 20 gay veterans adorned with t-shirts and signs referencing their sexual orientation are not allowed to march 
Sunday in Boston's St. Patrick's Day Parade, Brewer Sam Adams has withdrawn his sponsorship, and Mayor Martin Walsh will no longer attend. Parade organizers will allow gay, gays to march, but they ask that they do not turn it into an exhibition about sexual orientation, according to Boston.com. Mass Equality, a gay rights group who, who, fil- who filed an application for these 20 veterans to be in the parade, said they could not abide by those conditions. Therefore, organizers, along with the, with the South Boston Allied War Veterans Council, would not allow the group to march. Since an agreement could not be reached with the two parties, the Associated Press is reporting that Sam Adams has withdrawn its sponsorship of the parade. A statement from the beer company stated, quote, We were hopeful that both sides of the issue would be able to come to an agreement that would allow everyone, regardless of orientation, to participate in the parade. But given the current state of the negotiations, we realize this may not be possible. We share these sentiments with Mayor Walsh, Congressman Lynch, and others. And therefore, we will not participate in this year's parade. Mayor Walsh also will also not participate in the parade over this issue. However, both the mayor and Sam Adams will support and attend the St. Patrick's Day breakfast prior to the parade. It's worth remembering a quote from Patriot Sam Adams, one of the founding fathers. In regard to religion, mutual toleration in in different professions thereof is what all good and candid minds in all ages have ever practiced, and both by precept and example incalculated on mankind. Huh, so, so ladies and gentlemen, what we have here is basically Mass equality, which is short, is an is the uh, hyphenated version of Massachusetts equality. Basically, mass equality has basically come out and said that um, you know. So basically, the uh, St. Patrick's Day parade committee or whoever heads up the St. Patrick's Day Parade, uh, contacted Mass Equality and said, we're okay with your gay veterans marching, just so long as it doesn't become a homosexual, uh, all about homosexuality. And Mass Equality said, well, no, we can't do that. That's our purpose in being here. And so... The Massachusetts parade, parade has said, well, fine, you're not welcome then. And I, and I guess Samuel Adams is has also, therefore, withdrawn from the parade because 
these gay veterans aren't allowed. And folks, they, I mean, this is pretty straightforward. This should be pretty straightforward by now. If you've been listening to this program for a while now, you know me. You know what my opinions on homosexuality are. In case you don't, or in case the liberal left tries to put words in my mouth, as they often like to try to do, my stance on homosexuality is this. I believe it's immoral. However, that that is my personal belief. I, I believe the act of homosexuality is immoral. I believe that there are more homo- homosexuals out there. I have gay friends. I have gay relatives who I love dearly. So please, liberal left, do not turn me into a homophobe. Well, I know you guys already have, but try to curb your homophobic making enthusiasm. Yes, that that's right, that's what I said. You guys make homophobes by painting us as homophobes. Do you see how that works there, liberal left? I'm not homophobic. As I said, I have gay relatives. But, and again, folks, this is where my big, this is where my big problem with the LGBT community comes in. I could, I could honestly give a crap less personally if you were gay. It may be against my moral code, and I, I pray for you, the, um, and all that, but... In the long run, if if you're gay, it's 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 just another difference to me. However, what I don't like is when uh, groups like uh, mass equality or the LGBT. Um, or some of the other LGBT radical groups, I hate how they always make everything about homosexuality. They turn everything into a pro-gay spectacle. St. Patrick's Day is about celebrating St. Patrick. And I don't understand why we need to turn that into a homosexual spectacle. And see, that's where my issue with the LGBT radicals comes in. And when they also try to change Facebook and whatnot. This, this would be... This would be like the Hell's Angels. Now, I know I'm going into like a, a little bit of a different 
analogy here, but bear with me. That would be like the Hell's Angels going to the St. Patrick's Day Parade and wanting to make it all about the Hell's Angels. Obviously, bikers have, have a right to be there as long as they're not doing anything dangerous or stupid. But they're not going to be allowed to make the entire message all about, hey, it's cool to be a biker. And same thing with these LGBT groups. They're allowed at the St. Patrick's Day Parade. But the St. Patrick's Day Parade Committee just doesn't want them turning the parade into a gay spectacle. And I don't see why that's an issue. Sure, represent your group... But don't make. But don't make a parade about the collective, all about one group. Another good analogy I could use for this that would make a lot more sense is when when I was uh, part of the school newspaper my senior year of high school, we had a club fair. During lunch, it wasn't really a parade, but it, it was a fair, where all of the different clubs and organizations that were involved with the high school, you know, could go out and we'd have we'd have booths, and all groups were allowed to participate and represent, you know, the groups, but we couldn't go over the top. To make the lunch about one particular group, we had we had to share and be diverse, you know, in our strategy. Student newspaper couldn't take up, you know, an entire section. We got our we got our allotted sections and whatnot, and that's all I'm saying. It doesn't seem that unfair that these LGBT groups should have to share the spotlight with other people. And I don't get why this is such an issue. But again, this is just them trying to make everything about gay pride. I want to know what you think. Leave your comments in the uh, chat. We've got a whole hour here. We're only 20 minutes into the show. The telephone number, if you want to call in, 941-564-5805. Again, that number is 941-564-5805. You're listening to the Whitfield Analysis on the Junior Factor Nation radio network. We'll be right back after these messages.
If you own a Keurig coffee machine, your coffee drinking experience is about to get a whole lot better. Introducing the Easy Cup, the brilliant eco-friendly addition to the Keurig system that allows you to use the coffee brand and flavors of your choice. With the Easy Cup, you'll only discard tiny biodegradable filters instead of an entire plastic K-cup. As well, Easy Cups are better than mesh filters because there are no sanitary issues from rinsing and the flavor will never be compromised. Order yours today at EasyCups.com. Are you tired of seeing your website listed below the competition in Google, Bing, and all the other search engines? You can do something about it today for free at EasyDIYSEO.com. Learn about the basic search engine optimizations that every website must have. Use our free SEO tools to improve your search rankings immediately. Don't wait a second longer. Improve your website today with EasyDIYSEO.com. Type it in the browser now. Don't wait. That's E-A-S-Y-D-I-Y-S-E-O.com. Looking for a custom logo design and that too within 24 hours? Then look no further. Go to www.logodesign247.com and order a custom logo design for under $75 or a custom built website design for less than $400. Call us toll free 1-800-708-1921. That's 1-800-708-1921. We offer a 100% money back guarantee and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Imagine what you could accomplish with a powerful subconscious belief in yourself. For the first time ever, you can safely use subliminal technology so powerful the U.S. and British governments ban its use on consumers without their permission. Now you can enhance your creativity while surfing the web, improve your parenting skills while paying your bills, and more, all from the comfort of your own home. Watch the free video at kickanybadhabit.com. That's kickanybadhabit.com. Bill Who, the Plaintiff, is a compelling memoir written by Bill Butler. He writes his story about how he was blacklisted by three companies and left jobless and homeless for 14 years. Read his story at scribd.com slash bill underscore butler underscore seven. So far, over 20,000 people have read his story. Check it out on Scribd. It's Bill Who, the Plaintiff. Hi, Jimmy Z here, inviting you to listen to The Jimmy Z Show at thejimmyzshow.com. Conservative politics with humor, irreverence, and colored by my Christian faith. On demand, 24-7 with new shows every Monday through Friday. The Jimmy Z Show, hated by the left for all the right reasons. Tune in anytime, day or night, at thejimmyzshow.com. I'm Barack Obama, and I approve this message. If you need your book professionally reviewed or edited, there's only one trusted source online that I know of, ReviewWorm.com. That's Review-Worm.com. All of the reviewers and editors at ReviewWorm.com are dedicated to providing an objective yet professional and edifying experience for authors. Registration is as simple as one, two, three, and you can even choose the literary professional with whom you wish to work. Get started today. Go to ReviewWorm.com. That's Review-Worm.com. You know, it's funny, but in my lifetime alone, I've heard so many people say that conservatism is dead. To anyone who would say that, I would say that they haven't heard this program. Conservatism is not for the faint of heart. It is not for those who seek an easy lifestyle. My name is Sam Whitfield. 
This is Next Gen Conservative Radio. Real radio for real Americans. Red State Talk Radio. Sam Whitfield. He's been called the Andrew Breitbart of his generation. I have a very good friend. I've compared him to Andrew Breitbart several times. I think he's a young Andrew Breitbart. And he's on Junior Factor Nation and Next Gen Conservative Radio. All right, folks, welcome back to the Whitfield Analysis. So... I have an interesting story here for you. This uh, one happened earlier this week. But uh, I want to cover... I want to cover it right now because, honestly, I don't think that this story has gotten the full coverage. Well, let me put it this way. Just to be a little, I'm not being narcissistic by any means, folks, but let's face it, this show has not been analyzed yet by me, Sam Whitfield, the analyzer, and so therefore, because it hasn't been analyzed by me, it's still a relevant story. There, I said it. Okay. Um... And this one, this this is a story that has gotten some press. Seriously, folks, I do think this is a serious issue. So let's get down to it. Mm-mm. From the dailycaller.com. Headline, Spoiled Brat, New Jersey teen sues parents because they won't pay her college tuition. Now, I know that Zach... Uh, is in the chat room, and let's see, I, I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking Barbara is probably in in the chat room here, um, and also, my good friend Caden Calgert joins us in the chat room too, I want to know all your opinions on this, uh, what you guys think, anyway, as I said, Headline is, Spoiled Brat, New Jersey Teen Sues Parents Because They Won't Pay Her College Tuition. And I'm glad that that the Daily Caller came out and called her what she is, a spoiled brat. Mm -mm. So let's start off. Mm -mm. A high school senior at, at Morris Catholic High School in New Jersey's suburban sprawl is suing her parents because... She claims they threw her out of the house when she turned 18 and have refused to pay for her college education. The plaintiff in this novel lawsuit is Rachel Canning, reports the Daily Record of Parsnippy, New Jersey. She's a cheerleader, a lacrosse player, and an honor student. She wants to major in biomedical engineering. Canning filed her lawsuit in New Jersey Family Court against her parents, Sean and Elizabeth Canning. In the lawsuit, Canning claims that her 
that her parents cut her off when she turned 18 and that they have been mean to her. To her. She has also claimed abuse. She has also claimed abuse, but there doesn't appear to be any evidence of abuse other than a yelling match. A school official witnessed between Canning and her uh, and her mother. In other words, folks, typical teenage stuff. Continuing on, the 18-year-old adult is seeking a is seeking a declaration from a judge preventing her emancipation into the cold, cruel, cruel world under the theory that she must remain a non-emancipated dependent. <laughs> it, are you serious, la- ladies and gentlemen? I mean, I've read this story before, but honestly, I'll, I'll get to my analysis here in just a sec. Specifically, Canning and her attorney, Tanya Hayfand, are asking a New, a New Jersey court to force Canning's parents to pay a, now get this fo- folks, 5,306 Morse, Ca- Morse Catholic high, high tuition bill that is currently outstanding. Hyphen will also ask the court to order the grown woman's parents to pay for their daughter's living and transportation expenses for the foreseeable future. The attorney also will ask the judge to compel the canning parents to use an existing college fund previously set up for canning to pay for at least some of her college education, even though the parents say the fund is freely available for Canning to use for tuition wherever she likes. Finally, Canning's lawsuit as a judge to make her parents pay her legal bills, which is which totals $12,597 so far. So can you imagine that, ladies and gentlemen? Not only does this little bitch, and yes, I, I said it, folks, she is a bitch. Not only does she want her parents to give her money for college and whatnot, she wants to sue her parents and then pay for the legal expenses for doing so. That's like if I if I was going to kill someone. And don't worry folks, I'm not going to kill any anyone. But if someone were to kill someone, that would be like the murderer forcing the victim to buy the gun or the knife or whatever that they were going to use to kill him. It's just it's re- it's a lot it's laughable and yet it's sad at the same time. But wait, there's more. I'm done I'm dumbfounded, Father Sean Canning told CBS New York. So is my wife and so are my other daughters. 
The retired police chief has called his daughter, quote, an incredibly rebellious team. teen. Well, that's putting it, putting it nicely, I think. He also said he didn't kick her out at all. Instead, he explains, she up and left on her own in late October because she didn't want to abide by her parents' rules. Aha! Now we're getting somewhere to where I think the truth is actually starting to come out, ladies and gentlemen. An undercurrent in the Family Matter lawsuit also appears to involve the tale as old as time. The daughter's boyfriend. She likes him. Her parents do not. Mm -mm. She's demanding that we pay her bills, but she doesn't want to live at home, and she's saying, I don't want to live under, under your rules, Canning told the record. Living in our house, there are very few things, he said, according to CBS New, New York. There, there's minor chores, there's curfew, and when I say curfew, it's usually after 11 o'clock at night. Which, folks, I honestly think that from what I've heard so far about home, doesn't seem too shabby. Uh, but wait, there's even more. Who is fronting the cash for this lawsuit? Okay, next page. Okay. Meanwhile, Rachel Canning is staying in Rockway Township with a, f with a friend's family. That friend's father, attorney John Insig... In... Ign... Eglesino. Yeah, I think that's... It, it's Italian, and, and folks, I know I'm Italian, but some of these names I can't pronounce. But this is why I need Stephanie Conway here every once in a while. Uh, is fronting the cash for the lawsuit and seems to be paying some advisor role in the litigation. The defendants in this case, the parents, have also hired an attorney. Laurie Rush Mershrat. Rush Mershrat claims that her clients never told their daughter to move out, rather that they advised her that she is welcome home so long as she abides by their rules under their roof. Rachel decided that she does not want to live within her parents' sphere of influence and voluntarily moved out, essentially emancipating herself. Obviously, she cannot decide she will no longer live within her parents' sphere of influence and simultaneously seek payment for, from them for support. Mershrat also said the high school senior has been, had been seeing a, a therapist, was supposed to be taking some sort of medication, had been suspended from school twice in the fall semester, ignored curfews, and bullied her younger sister, according to the record. New Jersey law may favor the 18-year-old plaintiff, as the record notes. An important state decision holds. A, child, a child's admittance and attendance at, at college will overcome the rebuttal presumption that a child may be emancipated at age 18. The next hearing in the case is Tuesday. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, that's the article. And quite honestly, there's a lot I want to say. And I, I'm reading some of the comments. I read in one of the comments that Zach reads, and I, that Zach put, and I absolutely agree with him. Quote: I'm I'm reading from Zach's feed. I think the girl's parents should send her a bill for every breath she breathed in their house after she turned 18. Every bite of food, every moment of lodging, etc., etc. Exactly. Of course they should. And there are a couple of things. I'll, I'll go back to this article. Um, I'll go back to this article here in just a sec. But, but there are a couple of things that I want to bring up first. A. The accusation of abuse... And perhaps this is what got me pissed off the most. The accusation of abuse that this little brat is making really ticks me off. And it's because I know people who who grew up in abusive households. I went to high school with some kids who unfortunately had abusive parents, physically abusive parents, emotionally abusive parents, and had to suffer through actual abuse. And it wasn't just that mommy and daddy wouldn't pay for, uh, you know, private school tuition or college tuition. Some of the, these kids were in legitimate and were legitimately bad situations. And when they went off to college, the last time we, the last time I saw them. Before we graduated, I, I said I I was I told them I was glad that they were going off, you know that it was a new chapter for their lives, and and thank God some of them were able to get out, you know I I'm I thank God for for that, but but that really ticks me off. Um, number one, the accusation of abuse is not one to be taken lightly. Second of all, Miss Canning, let me clue you in a little bit about that charge. If you are going to charge your parents of abuse, do not do it in family court for God's sakes. That's a matter for the criminal court. You may be a I may have never made honor roll when I was in high school. I may have only graduated with a two point seven. But I am still smart enough to know that an abuse case is not a case for family court. It's a, it's a case for criminal court. 
honor student my ass, is what I think. Um, secondly, and again, there there's just so much I want to say. Um, Caden says it sounds to me like she's a spoiled brat. Yeah, she is. The second thing I want to say, the whole thing with with the boyfriend. For the love of God. And this isn't just ba based off of her, but this is a common... And again, I realize this thing is as old as time itself. But oftentimes, if you're... Let's assume all things being considered. Her home life at home did not seem to be that good. Did not seem to be that bad. I almost said it didn't seem to be that good. But what I meant to say was it didn't seem that bad. It, it doesn't seem that bad. It actually seems quite good. Her home life... Her home life at some points seemed to be to be better than mine, in fact. You know, just slightly in terms of freedoms. And so, the and the parents seem to be rational people. So given all that, when your dad says that, that he doesn't like your boyfriend, or in my case, that if my parents don't like my girlfriend, there's a pretty good chance that if your parents, who are, you know, pretty, you know, decent people, there's a pretty good chance if that, if that, that if they don't like your boyfriend, you should listen to your dad. And my bet is that the boyfriend is probably a scumbag of some sort. I, I'm just going to put that out there. But no, I want to go and screw off with with my boyfriend and my screw off. I mean, literally screw off, probably. Um, you know, even though my dad probably knows better. My boyfriend is more important, even though he probably has girlfriends on the side and... Oh, oh, folks, I I'm sorry. Now we're getting off into my uh, high school flashback days. Oh, lovely. Um, anyway, part of this whole monologue I'm doing is parody to and sarcasm. My favorite instruments. Let's see, what else can I say? Can I just say that can I just say that this girl is one I would never date? That too. Oh, oh, and there there is one other point that I want that I want to make. So just to prove that I'm not being hypocritical or to any of you liberals, let me explain something to you about myself. So, last year, or actually not last year, yeah, last year in 2013, during the summer, in August, I moved down here with 
my mom and my stepdad. We moved down here to Florida. And for the record, let me just state that I am still living with them. I am I am doing so because I am going to go to school next year and neither of the schools that I want neither of the schools that I want to go to have dormitories, so therefore I'm living at home. Okay, so I'm not mocking her or you know, saying that she shouldn't that she shouldn't not live with her parents. She should. And I have no problem with that. You know, I have no problem if she wants to live with her parents and if they want to pay for her expenses, then I'm fine with that. I know lots of college kids who do live with their parents when they're going to college. I know Jason still lives in his household part-time with his parents Oh, on the weekends. Okay? Lots of kids do that when they're in college and even after graduating college some parent some kids live with, with their parents until they get you know stable and can find an apartment or something i have no problem with that but for god's sakes follow the rules that your parents set down it doesn't seem that hard hard to do in this Girls' parents don't seem to be that bad. Okay. And I, and folks, that, that last point I made is just, it's really important. I, quite honestly, I'm hoping that this thing gets thrown out. You know, the, the report from the Daily Caller says that they'll make a decision in April What's to decide? She has no case. In fact, I think it would I think it would serve her right to get a a verbal lashing from the judge. And by the way, I do have I do have an audio I do have audio from uh the court case. This is what the judge said last week regarding the conclusion of the case so far. Cut number one, go. Have you ever, in your experience, seen a young adult, child, whatever we want to call Rachel, show such gross disrespect for a parent? The words that were used in a voicemail to her mother? Maybe you have. It, it's not I right. I don't see it in my I'm, I'm not, you know, exactly, you don't see it in your head. However, we also have the certification from the teacher, from Ms. Smith, where the mother is calling the daughter the same kind of name. So I would go, that's the parent that that's the parents that set that precedent. They're the ones who raised this child. This is the language that they're using in their household. This is what they are doing to their child. Are we going to uh, condone or open the gates to a twelve year old to sue for an Xbox? A thirteen year old to sue for an iPhone? Everyone else has one. Why can't I? Or how about a 15-year-old asking for a 60-inch flat panel TV? Uh, I understand the allegations that are raised in this case are far more serious than those types of material goods. But again, 
I'd like the full council to be mindful of a potential slippery slope here that could result with an extension and expansion of existing law. I think, and I think the judge is spot on with that. I, I honestly, I had to roll my eyes uh, when the lawyer comment brought that up. And if you're watching the webcam, you know, you saw my look of disgust there. Um, honestly, why this thing is still even in, in court is beyond me. We've had some great comments about this topic. Uh, if, if you would like to comment on this topic, leave me a voicemail. The number is 941-564-5805. Again, 941-564-5805. We will be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Whitfield Analysis on the Junior Factor Nation Radio Network. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Are you tired of seeing your website listed below the competition in Google, Bing, and all the other search engines? You can do something about it today for free at EasyDIYSEO.com. Learn about the basic search engine optimizations that every website must have. Use our free SEO tools to improve your search rankings immediately. Don't wait a second longer. Improve your website today with EasyDIYSEO.com. Type it in the browser now. Don't wait. That's E-A-S-Y-D-I-Y-S-E-O.com. If you own a Keurig coffee machine, your coffee drinking experience is about to get a whole lot better. Introducing the Easy Cup, the brilliant eco-friendly addition to the Keurig system that allows you to use the coffee brand and flavors of your choice. With the Easy Cup, you'll only discard tiny biodegradable filters instead of an entire plastic K-cup. As well, Easy Cups are better than mesh filters because there are no sanitary issues from rinsing and the flavor will never be compromised. Order yours today at EasyCups.com. Bill Who, the Plaintiff, is a compelling memoir written by Bill Butler. He writes his story about how he was blacklisted by three companies and left jobless and homeless for 14 years. Read his story at scribd.com slash bill underscore butler underscore seven. So far, over 20,000 people have read his story. Check it out on Scribd. It's Bill Who, the Plaintiff. Hi, Jimmy Z here, inviting you to listen to The Jimmy Z Show at thejimmyzshow.com. Conservative politics with humor, irreverence, and colored by my Christian faith. On demand, 24-7 with new shows every Monday through Friday. The Jimmy Z Show, hated by the left for all the right reasons. Tune in anytime, day or night, at thejimmyzshow.com. I'm Barack Obama, and I approve this message. You know, it's funny but in my lifetime alone, I've heard so many people say that conservatism is dead. To anyone who would say that, I would say that they haven't heard this program. Conservatism is not for the pink of the heart. It is not for those who seek an easy lifestyle. My name is Sam Whitfield. This is Next Gen Conservative Radio.
Talk Radio the way the founding fathers would have done it. I'm just a man trying to make his mark on history. Red State Talk Radio. If you're a liberal who has harassed Caden Cowger or any other young conservatives, your chances of being confronted by Sam Whitfield have just increased dramatically. This is the Whitfield Analysis on Junior Factor Nation and Next Gen Conservative Radio. Welcome back to the Whitfield Analysis. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, before we uh, head into the break for hour number two, I, I want to make a quick uh, announcement regarding uh, everyone here. Hopefully... You're enjoying tonight's show. I think um, I think after tonight we will actually be at 90 shows after uh, tonight's program, which is pretty incredible. Uh, we've got 87 episodes on Block Talk Radio, uh, and then as you know, I left Blog Talk. Came over to Junior Factor Nation, reset the whole thing all, all over again, and a little, a little over a, a year later, I'm at 90 episodes here. Um, I'd like to take a minute also to announce to you uh, that I am very pleased uh, to have the Whitfield Analysis syndicated on Calgary Nation Radio. Now, this is an internet radio station that uh, Caden Cowger uh, has built. Caden and not just Caden, but Caden and I and a couple other radio hosts have built in our building. And you can find the, uh, the broadcast of the show, the rebroadcast of the show. On weeknights, I believe, Caden, uh, do you have any idea when my show's on? I, I know I'm, like, I know I'm, like, I know I'm the equivalent of Craig Ferguson or something. I, I'm the late night talk show. I think I come, I think I come on at, like, I think I'm on from 1 to 3 a.m. So, uh, anyway, just wanted to mention... The fact that the show is syndicated over there, I'm grateful to be over there. We're building a great network over there, and the conservative youth movement is just doing uh, amazing things. Also, breaking news, Jason Veely is has been spotted on a train to South Carolina. It's a 14-hour train ride to to Myrtle Beach. So, yeah, 14 hours. So, if Jason's smart, he will do the right thing. He will pull out his iPhone, tune in by a speaker uh, to the Whitfield Analysis until 8 p.m. tonight and be entertained. Alright, folks, we will be right back after... These messages for hour number two, you're listening to the Junior Factor Nation Radio Network. We'll be right back for the Whitfield Analysis, hour number two.
everybody knows. No password is required to listen to this program. No super secret receiver has the most listened to. No pin number is required. Talk radio program. All you have to do in America, in any of over 600 American cities, is go to your radio and turn it on and listen. Rush Limbaugh. I am Rush Limbaugh, your highly trained broadcast specialist showing everybody how it should and can be done. The sharp end of talk radio's big stick. You listen here, you are on the cutting edge of societal evolution, which means you will know what's important before what's important becomes important. A radio experience you'll never forget. Everybody remembers the first time they heard this show. It's the first stop for any talk radio listener. The Rush Limbaugh Program. The most fun, the most informative, the most educational, the most penetrating. But wait, there's more. The most provocative... The most addictive radio talk show in America, hosted by me, Rush Limbaugh, the all-knowing, all-caring, all-sensing, all-feeling... Rush Limbaugh, a.k.a. Maharashi. And how has Rush stayed number one for so many years? The secret is content, content that people want to listen to and trust and enjoy and informed by, entertained by, whatever. The Rush Limbaugh Show. It's not just a soundbite. It's a way of life. This program requires a minimum of six weeks of steady listening in order to be able to place in context everything you hear here. Rush with a huge audience of the most loyal talk radio listeners in America. I am energized. I am honored. I am happy to be the last man standing. I am happy to be the one lone outpost. In the entire United States media where you can tune in and enjoy it and laugh and enjoy yourself and also get the truth that you're not getting anywhere else. I'm honored to hold that position. Looking forward to tomorrow. Rush Limbaugh. Bring it on, baby. Bring it on. Sometimes you have to admit it. Mark Levin just knows how to put it. That's what we call crap. Okay, so he's a bit outspoken. He doesn't always get so wound up. Sometimes he sounds calm and serene. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do in this country with the lawyers. And I don't just say this to be controversial. I am a lawyer. I work with lawyers. I know lawyers. Some of my best friends are lawyers. Some of them aren't, by the way. But I don't know what we're going to do. Because they're clearly trying to use the courts to set national policy. Whether it's the war, whether it's destroying capitalism. This is their agenda on the left. But Mark is not all about politics and what's wrong with the liberals. Sometimes he even talks about food. The Center for Science in the uh, Pubic Interest uh, uh, announced legal action to try to stop the Kellogg Company, maker of cereals like Frosted Flakes, and Nickelodeon Cable Network, Viacom Inc., from marketing junk food to children. No, no, we should all eat lettuce all the time. Lettuce and asparagus and broccoli. Wouldn't that be great? With a little iced tea. Uh, uh, tofu. What the hell else do they eat? I don't know. I don't eat any of it. But sooner or later, it always comes back to those wacky liberals. Hey, free speech when it comes to women's boobs. But when it comes to political speech or advertising consumer goods, that's where it ends for the left. One thing about Mark Levin, when he wants to say something, you just have to duck and get out of the way. Now that, folks, is corruption. And what does he think about terrorism? The hottest issue of our time. Now we know that Al 
Al-Qaeda wants to destroy us. They've only killed 3,000 Americans. They've attacked us right here. We're well beyond the issue of probable cause, ladies and gentlemen. We're at war. They declared war on us. We, through two joint resolutions, declared war on them. They are illegal combatants. And if it helps, think of them as soldiers armed on a battlefield. That battlefield being New York and Virginia and Pennsylvania, which is where they attacked. That battlefield being the United States of America. The whole world is the battlefield. But finally, somebody's on the radio that knows what to do about it. Now, what are we supposed to do? Track them down and kill them. That's okay. Interceptor communications. No, you need to go to a judge. Under this bizarre theory that somehow the 14th Amendment, probable cause, and the right to expectation of privacy kicks in. And terrorists are known to be plotting to kill us and are poised to kill us. I feel like Obama has had a hate on for our economic system since he was a teenager. Just being honest with you. He's had enormous jealousy and hate for the productive sectors of this society. And it was drum, you know, drummed into him over and over and over again from the people he was around as a teenager, in college, in law school, when he taught law school for about 14 minutes. This was drummed into him. And now he's using his presidency to settle scores. This is the great one, Mark <laughs> Levin, okay? And I wanted to tell you, you, I've given you the self-title of the greatest order of the 20th and 21st century uh, because nobody's going to come along that's ever going to be any better. And what do you do? I'm a chiropractor. Chiropractor? He's a good chiropractor about now. My lower back is killing me. Uh, you probably need a good chiropractor. You don't have wandering hands, do you, sir? No, I don't. All right, that would be a crime. You're aware of that. Because at the end of the day, it can't take this stuff all that seriously. That's the way it is. And for all those Mark Levin haters out there that tell us he's too crass, too opinionated, too in your face, we just have one thing to say. Get off the phone, you big dope. This is the second hour of the Whitfield Analysis with Sam Whitfield. To the second hour of the Whitfield Analysis. I am your host, Sam Whitfield. The uh, contact info, if you want to reach me, as always, the email address is sam at calgrenation.com. You can follow me on Twitter at samw underscore ngc. On, on Twitter, hashtag WA Radio Show. And please leave us a voicemail. The number for that is 941-564-5805. 
Again, that number is 941-564-5805. And uh, real quick, I, I want to uh, mention that Jason Veely is on spring break this coming week. And uh, he is going to Myrtle Beach. And so on Monday, we have Kyle Winner filling in for him. Yay, I get Kyle two times this week. And then I will be filling in for uh, Jason on Thursday evening. So you'll have me three times next week. And I, I'm excited. All right, folks. Um, we've got a lot to cover in this hour, but um, I want to start. I want to start this hour off um, uh, with. I don't really want to call it a confession because I haven't done anything bad uh, per se. Well, if you're a liberal, it's bad what I've been doing. But if you're just a regular listener to this program, you'll understand why. So, a couple of weeks ago, as you know, uh, March March 1st uh, is the anniversary, or March 2nd is the anniversary of uh, Andrew Bre- Breitbart's death. And a few weeks ago, we did our tribute show to Andrew Breitbart, who is possibly one of my, if not the greatest uh, influence in my political commentary career. Um, and I know I talked about that a, a lot and what he meant to me a couple weeks ago, so I, I don't want to rehash the, I don't want to rehash that show, uh, too much, ladies and gentlemen, but I've, a couple weeks ago, I also started, uh, I downloaded the audiobook, uh, I had a, I had like a free offer to join Audible and get like one of those free audiobooks. So I thought, oh, what the hell, why not? Um, so I joined and I uh, I got Andrew's book, Righteous Indignation, Excuse Me While I Save the World. And I, I got that uh, audiobook for free. And I, I've bought a couple things off Audible before, uh, but this one was my freebie. So... Um, so I've been listening slash reading this, uh, book that Andrew wrote a couple years ago. And he, he wrote it like a, literally a a year before he, he died. Um, and all I can say is, this is a book that I think everyone needs to read. If you want to understand more about this show and what makes me tick as a conservative, as a journalist, as an activist, as a talk show host, 
Well, if you want to find out what makes me tick as a talk show, then listen to Rush and listen to you, to Hugh Hewitt. If you want to know what makes me tick as a conservative uh, overall and as a journalist, read this book uh, by Andrew Breitbart a lot. I was influenced by Breitbart heavily. So I've been reading this book and I, I've been pretty impressed. Uh, as I said, Righteous Indignation, Excuse Me While I Save the World is the Title. And I am going to be doing a book review of it soon once I finish the uh, book. Maybe I'll stay up late tonight and listen to to it. Um, anyway. Blair O'Connor, Breitbart's old friend, has been kind enough and generous enough to A, follow me on Twitter. Huge, huge honor. Uh, again, thank you for uh, the follow, Mr. O'Connor. Um, Mr. O'Connor is also someone who has influenced me tremendously. Um, and he has friended me on Facebook, too. Uh, which is another extraordinary honor for me. Um, and I found out that Larry O'Connor has a, has a YouTube channel, and on that YouTube channel, I I was looking through it through it last night, and I and I found an old interview that Dennis Miller had done with Andrew Breitbart, I think a couple of years ago, when the Occupy Wall Street. Uh, was the big story. And to be quite honest, folks, um, you know, I, I reading all the stuff that uh, reading all the stuff that Andrew wrote and uh, all these videos, it just kind of makes me miss him. Um, a lot. I never got the chance to meet him, but I, I feel as if I knew him, and so um, somehow. And I feel like I've gotten to know him vicariously through the people who knew him best, who I've gotten to know. Um, and so anyway, this interview that Dennis Miller did with uh, Andrew Breitbart a couple of years ago is absolutely just priceless. And I want to play the whole thing for you just because it's such a spot-on interview. And I, and I think it would give... It just made me feel feel good to listen to that last night, and I hope it'll make you feel feel good. So anyway, here's uh Andrew Breitbart's interview. Here's Dennis Miller's interview with uh, Andrew Breitbart. I think this is from uh, 2011. Anyway, uh, cut number one. Go. We are joined now by what I consider, consider to be the contemporary rights, uh, Benjamin Franklin, Andrew Breitbart, founder and proprietor of Big Hollywood, Big Government, author of Righteous Indignation, Excuse Me While I Save the World, the estimable Andrew Breitbart. How are you, sir? 
I'm doing great. Did Ben Franklin like fart jokes with his kids? Mm -hmm. That's exactly why I drew the direct <laughs> parallel. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he had the massive horn for Parisian women, so that also ties into it. Uh, well, I, hey, I, I've watched every Emmanuel, including the horn. <laughs> <laughs> Even Emmanuel in space before Obama dismantled the program. Yeah. Um, Tucker Carl. The role of Emmanuel in space was to tell the space people that they were good at math. <laughs> uh, speaking of Emmanuel Creek, he's just back from three days in the marsh with Tucker Carlson. How was that, and well, what were you doing? I'm a sportsman, as everybody knows. <laughs> and uh, I watched a bunch of uh, talented sportsmen shoot pheasant. I can still say that I'm a pacifist, uh, inadvertently so. You, you, uh, you didn't hoist a gun to the shoulder and take out a mallard? They kept telling me that I was hitting them, but I think they did that out of sympathy when the group would shoot it. But I just I have no skill set uh, at, 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 at that part of the planet that exists in the middle of the country. I still have a blue state Whole Foods uh Aisle shopping kind of uh, you know mindset. Yes, yes. Well, uh, it's best to find pheasants in their natural habitat, i.e., under glass. I find. Um, the, speaking of dangerous critters, though, the occupy to be up close and lock eyes. And I'm sure you've been at a sawhorse with some of these these young uh, these young uh, radicals. What, what what's the occupy LA movement look like up close and personal, Andrew? Well, I actually went to that one right when it started out. I'm not sure that I could get away with that at this point because they're pretty organized. The first thing that happened when I got there, I got myself my own personal SEIU minder, uh, about 350-pound guy with a ponytail. Mm -hmm. uh, seemed kind of like on the waterfront meet, meets Bill and Ted, and that's pretty <laughs> much a good description of this group of people. <laughs> and why did the SEIU guy, why, why was he willing to shepherd you around? Was he a fan? or? Uh, uh, Clearly a fan. He knew who I was when I was there. I've had my confrontations over the last year or so with the SCIU, and they've gotten quite violent. This guy wasn't the violent sort, but when I went out through the crowd with video cameras, he wanted to forewarn the crowd that I was there to, quote-unquote, incite them. Incite them with uh, questions, penetrating questions, such as capitalism, thumbs up or thumbs down. And all of them, all of them, in a sea, in a cascading sea of thumbs down, you know, he's like, stop, 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 he's trying to incite you. And there's this one guy who's in the middle of giving a thumbs down, and he just changes his direction of his thumb. It's like, I'm going to move it, I'm going to move it. And he, he just barely moves it to a thumbs sideways. Now, the shocking part of this story that the, there are occupy, the uh, opposable thumbs in that crowd, I guess, is what I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm shocked at. We're talking to Andrew Breitbart, the author of Righteous Indignation. Excuse me while I save the world. Now, I've seen uh, sound bites this morning from uh, as disparate sources as Paul Ryan hinting that Obama is uh, sort of, I don't know, fanning class war, and Ed Schultz talking about how this all could lead to a civil war. Am I a pessimist, Andrew, to say that um, I, I, for, I never thought I'd say these words, but I sort of agree on Ed Schultz. I, I see the country uh, lining up for something. I'm not saying it's a CGI battle in the movie Troy, but... Uh, 
There's something coming down the path. What do you smell? You're out there in the streets. Well, I've been following the same group of people. I went to Wisconsin twice, and I see we're literally finding the same people that were in Wisconsin or when I was in a confrontation down at a protest organized by Van Jones you know, against the Koch brothers. We're finding the same people at all the events that have happened since you know President Obama came to power. I mean, this was the organizer... Uh, community organizer, and this is community organizing. You're witnessing community organizing, and each demonstration, whether it be a demonstration against me and Glenn Beck in Chicago, whether it be a demonstration against Scott Walker in Wisconsin, or whether you see them bringing in the anarchists and the socialists in a much more blatant fashion like they have, this is community organizing. Uh, about your pessimism, there's an interesting thing. In 1968, it was the corner of Haight and Ashbury, and there's a juxtaposition here, the intersection of scary and hilarity. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the thing about this, is that when people look at this, they start looking at these people and say, this is too funny. There are too many bizarre goofy events, the way that they talk in their consensus uh, with their twinkles up and twinkles down. Uh, the, the, the people, you know, in the New York Times heralding one kid who lost his virginity uh, as presented to the tribe by an elder states person. I think that reminds me of the scene in Endless Love where uh, you know, her mother <laughs> <laughs> watched the, uh, the unflowering. Uh, so it's just the, the bizarreness and the, the human spectacle and the funny stuff that's seen on T. You know, you just played Bang on the Drum. Right now, the biggest schism within this group of people who want to take over the world is the drummers versus the anarchists. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if, if, if that's going to be the, the revolution, uh, I like our odds. What do, um, okay, the, the first one to break out into some sort of uh, uh, violence, the Oakland one. Um, do you think like they have a, uh, I don't know, Harvey Keitel fixer character that is sent to the place where it's first to get violent? You say you see recurrent characters there. I'm wondering if they've sent their their black ops guy up to Oakland. Why did that break out first in well, your nobody eyes? Nobody was paying attention to that. We had a stringer who was on the ground. Uh, I can't say you know what in, in what employee he was, but he's a pretty high up guy paying attention to what was going on on live television and. It was violence and the group threatening the local television, which is sympathetic to their underlying political cause, but telling them they can't be there in a public park filming them going against the First Amendment. And then these people started to attack them. A dog sicked them. One lady, one reporter, um, whose first name is Amy, I forget her last name, Hollyfield, Amy Hollyfield, had a guy say, uh, we kill white B-words like you around here. Uh, and and they didn't even report that type of thing. The, the mainstream media does not want to cover the violent and scary nature of this thing because they weirdly sympathize with the soft, you know, uh, you know, push towards a soft socialism. So they understand that there's going to be a few cracked eggs. But it wasn't just Oakland. Uh, we have been scanning the local news tele television feeds. We had riot police uh, and and bedlam in Albuquerque. Uh, you know, there's there's been uh, in San Francisco last night. The riot police were out. So it, it's not just in Oakland where things have gotten uh, hinky. The uh, riot police in San Francisco often initially mistaken at this time of the year for theme homosexuals going to a party. 
Well, there's been a lot of body fluid uh, exchanged <laughs> at a lot of these Occupy things. So if you're young and experimental, uh, there, there, there may be a place for you in, in the Occupy movement. Uh, the big government piece, though, put a, uh, a more, uh, I don't know, the subversive uh, face on this, though. Crowdsource this. Emails expose number uh, Occupy Wall Street conspiracy to destabilize global markets and governments. When I look at the crowd, I don't sense it runs that deep. Is there somebody in there, though, in a planning tent, or somebody who's, are these the operatives you speak of that you see on a recurrent basis? That's, that's the overall plan? Well, look, the best laid plans of mice and, and people who have watched a lot of television and Simpsons episodes, and uh, this, this is a group of people who have great aspirations, especially in the planning stages, and that's what the emails that we discovered showed. They included Rolling Stone reporter Matt Taibbi. They included Matt uh, uh, Dylan Radigan from MSNBC hmm. advising these people what they should do. We also discovered a New York Times reporter who got arrested on the Brooklyn Bridge in the Occupy Wall Street thing, uh, consorting with uh, the uh, the socialists and the anarchists, and they were they were talking very openly about escalating things into uh, more illegal places, kind of like taking over banks and trying to trying to confront the police. And I think that one of the dangerous things about having the socialists and the anarchists who have been involved in this type of stuff internationally, whether it be in Greece or anti-WTO events, is that these people have sophisticated plans that they've tried time and again on trying to provoke the police into getting them to to fight them. And what they're doing is that they're taking those provocations uh, off of the Internet and they're editing out that, and all you see is the police brutality, uh, the, as they describe it, when they're the ones who are instigating for the purpose of trying to bring people into the movement based upon sympathy that the, uh, the, the, the federal authorities have, have gotten out of control. We're talking to Andrew Breitbart, who has bigger cojones, quite frankly, than the underdog balloon in the Macy's Parade, founder and proprietor of Big Hollywood, Big Government, author of Righteous Indignation, Excuse Me While I Save the World. And if it does break out, look for Andrew with the Buford Pusser stick and fall in behind him. That's where I'm heading right away because uh, this is a courageous cat. Now, how's your life, baby? You good? Everything good? Oh, everything's great. And look, if the audience wants to help me out, if somebody out there is a seamstress, if you make a Captain Capitalism uh, cape and outfit, I will run through... Occupy Wall Street with $1,000 bills, and I will give these people precisely what they want. <laughs> I think that says it all right there. Thank you, Andrew. Say hi to Orson for me. Okay, bye, then. Bye-bye. <laughs> the guy's fearless. What can I say? Captain Capital. Captain Ca He would do it. He would I swear to God, he would do it. <laughs> Fearless and quite funny, ladies and gentlemen. I, I just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I had, I felt compelled to play that for you because, uh, and honestly, well, this is a topic that I'll cover a little bit later on after the break. But one thing I want to say before I, I do have to break is. Lately, I've noticed a lot of conservatives out there have been on this whole uh, doom and gloom uh, track with everything. And 
Folks, I, I realize that things are going to hell in a handbasket under the Obama administration. I, I do. There is no question in, in my mind that we are in uh, very dark times here. But if you can't laugh, if you can't have a sense of humor, if, if you can't have a good time uh, while well, doing all this, folks, then, you know, what's what's the point, I guess? Uh, you know, I, I come on the show, I cover some very, very serious issues. And yet I'm always laughing, I'm always having a, a good time. The audience, I always try to make sure, is having a, a good time. This podcast gets multiple uh, downloads, views, uh, listens, both on the weekend and during the week, too, because it's such a good show. I mean, I'm not trying to do my own horn, but I've gotten emails from several people saying, you know, gosh, there are so many conservatives out there who are, you know, depressed and who are constantly focused on the negative and whatnot, but you seem to be optimistic and positive stone folks. Uh, I am, I am extremely positive, and, uh, you know, one more thing on this whole thing, I've noticed, uh, and I'm not trying to pick on Christians here, I'm Christian myself, but I've noticed that a lot more, more of, like, the religious, right, as of late has been posting, uh, stuff on Facebook, to the extent that, uh, Judgment Day and the end of the world is going to come here either in 2014 or before the Obama administration is over. And folks, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I, I refuse to believe anything that comes out, out of the book of Revelations as absolute truth. In other words, I do believe that there is that there is going to be a judgment day uh, coming here at some point. Probably not in my lifetime. Uh, probably not within the lifetime of the human race. I'm, I'm thinking. Um, folks, I, I'm in my you know I'm I'm 19. I'm you know I had a I'm heading into my 20s, and, and we've been, you know, through all these, of these Judgment Day, Doomsday scenarios before, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I just, uh, well, to me, to be quite honest, the whole, the whole Judgment Day thing, I, I see people posting this stuff, and quite honestly, to me, I, I hate to insult some people, but honestly, it's a cop out, ladies and gentlemen. It's a cop out. Um, I find that a lot of these people who are posting this are also using this as an excuse to do, uh, to you know, to to do nothing meaningful with their with their lives or something, and you know. When it comes to, you know, political activism, especially, you know, a lot of these conservatives I'm finding are now saying stuff like, 
oh, well, we can't become, uh, you know, there's no point in trying to fight Obama because, you know, Judgment Day is coming or, you know, there's no point in me helping, you know, get it in me getting a job or my friends getting a job or, you know, anything else because the end of the world is coming. I, I just don't subscribe. I don't, I don't subscribe to that. Um, as I said, I, I doubt that the end of the world will ha- happen in my lifetime. If it does, uh, if it does, you know, it does. It could happen. Let me put it this way: it, it could happen a mil. It could happen like a million years from now. It could happen, you know, five seconds from now. We just never know. Um, and then. Until then, stop talking about it and uh, just live your life. And for God's sakes, laugh a little, ladies and gentlemen. I'm serious. Anyway, uh, you're listening to the Whitfield Analysis on the Junior Fractionation Radio Network. We'll be right back after these messages. Are you tired of seeing your website listed below the competition in Google, Bing, and all the other search engines? You can do something about it today for free at EasyDIYSEO.com. Learn about the basic search engine optimizations that every website must have. Use our free SEO tools to improve your search rankings immediately. Don't wait a second longer. Improve your website today with EasyDIYSEO.com. Type it in the browser now. Don't wait. That's E-A-S-Y-D-I-Y-S-E-O.com. If you own a Keurig coffee machine, your coffee drinking experience is about to get a whole lot better. Introducing the Easy Cup, the brilliant eco-friendly addition to the Keurig system that allows you to use the coffee brand and flavors of your choice. With the Easy Cup, you'll only discard tiny biodegradable filters instead of an entire plastic K-cup. As well, Easy Cups are better than mesh filters because there are no sanitary issues from rinsing and the flavor will never be compromised. Order yours today at EasyCups.com. Bill Who, the Plaintiff, is a compelling memoir written by Bill Butler. He writes his story about how he was blacklisted by three companies and left jobless and homeless for 14 years. Read his story at scribd.com slash bill underscore butler underscore seven. So far, over 20,000 people have read his story. Check it out on Scribd. It's Bill Who, the Plaintiff. Hi, Jimmy Z here, inviting you to listen to The Jimmy Z Show at thejimmyzshow.com. Conservative politics with humor, irreverence, and colored by my Christian faith. On demand, 24-7 with new shows every Monday through Friday. The Jimmy Z Show, hated by the left for all the right reasons. Tune in anytime, day or night, at thejimmyzshow.com. I'm Barack Obama, and I approve this message. You know, it's funny But in my lifetime alone, I've heard so many people say that conservatism is dead. To anyone who would say that, I would say that they haven't heard this program. Conservatism is not for the faint of heart. It is not for those who seek an easy lifestyle. 
My name is Sam Whitfield. This is Next Gen Conservative Radio. Radio, the way the founding fathers would have done it. I'm just a man trying to make his mark on history. Red State Talk Radio. The liberals on YouTube would rather shut down their channels than have to respond to his logic. Follow Sam Whitfield on Twitter and email him at sam at cowgernation.com. Over the break, uh, Eric in the chat room made a made a really good point. Uh, he said, "Seriously, let's just put it this way: If I had a nickel for every time someone cried rapture and or end of the world, well, then I'd have a crap ton of nickels." Exactly, exactly, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, do you guys all remember the uh, the Mayan calendar, twenty twelve? end of the world doomsday thing yes don't forget that was actually a thing at one point ladies and gentlemen and, and uh, quite honestly it, it was BS it was complete BS as I said um, you know I, I believe that the end of the world will come but I doubt I'll be around to see it I think the let me put it the and let me put it this way, uh, two ladies and gentlemen, there are far uh, more catastrophic events that I thought would have led to the end, end of the world. I mean, World War World War Two uh, with the Nazis in power and whatnot. I mean, that whole saga was just doomsday. Uh, Waiting to happen. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Bar Barbara, can you hear me? I I know that my sound is a little muffled. I um. I think I was a little too close to the microphone. Yeah. Uh, Eric. Uh. uh are are Eric? Are you serious? Serious, Eric? Eric says that he uh, saw the History Channel, History Channel special on the twenty twelve end of days thing. Uh, just just the other day, right? Um. Uh, oh. 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 Uh. Eric says, I, I was the guy who sat back and mocked people, not to their faces, who thought this entire thing, who thought of this end of the world thing. Now, see, Eric, you are nice to them. I, uh, I purposely screwed with these people, like, uh, on purpose. Like, when this whole thing was happening, like, I got right up in their faces, and I, I screwed with some of them. And, uh... The the other the other thing about that and then and then we'll get on, on to like another story. Uh, I I only have one last story in the stack to cover anyway. Um, but back in 
but like back in like mid July when we were when we were getting ready to move, uh we were getting rid of old DVDs and old movies that you know we weren't watching anymore, hadn't watched and I don't know how this happened. I think uh I think somehow it ended up like I think somehow like my stepdad got it before he had married my mother or something. Um But believe it or not, we found a twenty twelve end of days DVD in our DVD collection that we got rid of. I, I kid you not, we found a twenty twelve we found an actual documentary about how the world was going to end in twenty twelve. And it was made in the year and we found it in it was made in the year two thousand seven. And we found it in 2013, so, uh, yeah, I don't think that rapture happened quite as it was intended, so, anyway. Uh, good God, it, it, it was just, it was bad, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what else can I say? Alright, um, this is a very interesting headline I ran across over at the Daily Caller. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Hollywood rallies for low taxes on Hollywood. Now, folks, this is this is extremely fascinating to me before we get into the actual article. This is fascinating to me because the Hollywood elites are always the ones saying that taxes need to be raised on everyone else, and yet we now have them saying that... We need to, like, cut taxes on other people. Yeah. Uh, let's see how that works out. <clears throat> anyway. Ho- Hollywood has finally realized that taxes hurt businesses and kill jobs. Members of the Hollywood film community and small business owners organized a joint rally on Saturday in Sunland, California, in an effort to pressure state lawmakers to give the entertainment industry a tax break. The two, the two parties formed a coalition after many f- film production-related jobs moved to more business-friendly states, leaving America's entertainment mecca looking for work. From 2004 to 2011, California has lost tens of thousands of good-paying jobs to other states. These job losses and the ripple effect on the California economy could be stopped if AB 1389 is passed. It's time to bring production back to California, said California Democratic Assemblymember Raul Bocongra, who is co-authoring legislation aimed at creating new incentives for film jobs to stay in California. 
Bokongra explained in a press release that Hollywood is a vital contributor to California's economy. Quote, The industry creates hundreds of thousands of jobs and billions in economic activity each year. The multiplayer effect when filming takes place here from caterers to con- to costumes to prop houses helps to employ tens of thousands of small businesses throughout the state, he said. As the Daily Caller News Foundation reported in February, from 2005 to 2013, California's share of the one-hour TV series market declined from 64% to 28%, resulting in an estimated in the loss of an estimated 8,500 jobs. And in the past 15 years, feature film production in Los Angeles alone has declined almost 60%. While many of the of the once alive and active Hollywood studios have become vacant, film production Film production in states with generous tax credits have been booming. Louisiana is just one example of this phenomenon. The year before it enacted its tax credit, 2002, production spending in Louisiana was only $3.5 million. By 2010, that figure had jumped to $674 million making for a 19,000% increase. Georgia, Texas, and New York, among others, have also lured film production to their cities by establishing expansive tax credits. Recognizing the dramatic impact of California's numerous Operating costs have had have had on the in- industry parties typically associated with encouraging tax increases are now partici- are now petitioning for California to demand the less of the entertainment sector and become more competitive. Warner Brothers film out L.A. the city and county of Los Angeles in the net. In the national, uh, sorry, there, folks. I had to take a yawn. In the national labor representation, in the national labor union representing working actors, are just a few of the traditionally left-wing entities that have formally voiced their support of lowering taxes on filmmakers. Many businesses and organizations that are not even directly involved with production have been touched by the decline of the industry. Ray Bidnost, in the principal of Chef Robert Catering, also serious concerns about the outflow of capital and jobs. In this slow-growth economy, the state of California cannot afford to stand by while literally billions of dollars 
flow to other regions of the country or overseas, he said in a statement. Bidnost added that lawmakers need to make California more competitive to ensure that the that the movie and TV industry, which is an integral part of, Calif- of the California economy, returns and flourishes here so that we can continue to provide good-paying jobs for thousands of Californians and their families. All right, folks, and that's the article. So it's very interesting. Even the liberal left in California... Even the liberal left in California is saying that we need to cut taxes. So it'll be very interesting to follow and see if the if the lawmakers will follow through. Part of me hopes they do. Part of me hopes they don't. And maybe some of the Hollywood elites will finally wake up to how bad the liberal philosophy on taxation is. Wishful thinking. I I know, ladies and gentlemen, it's wishful thinking. But hey, a guy can only wish, right? Yeah, and, and and Zach, I know they want specific tax... I know they want specific ta- tax cuts on them, but as I said, wishful thinking. Hopefully, that hopefully the California legislation won't cut taxes on them, and then maybe they'll all be forced to realize what the rest of America is going through. Um, anyway, all right, folks, we that'll do it for tonight's program. I want to thank you all for tuning in tonight. I'll be back. Tomorrow night, same time, same place, 6.05 p.m. right here on the Junior Factor Nation radio network. Leave us your comments about anything we talked about on tonight's show. The voicemail line, if you want to leave a voicemail, is 941-564-5805. Again, that number is 941-564-5805. Folks, from all of us here at Junior Factor Nation, have a good night. God bless, and God bless the United States of America. I'll be back tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, good night and God bless.